Welcome to the Great American Collectibles Show, seen Wednesdays on the Sports Collectors Daily Facebook page and the Great American Collectibles Facebook page. You can also listen to us on iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Spotify. The Great American Collectibles Show is brought to you by the National Sports Collectors Convention and Sports Collectors Daily. Tonight's headlines are brought to you by Sports Collectors Daily. For all of your hobby news, features, and more, go to sportscollectorsdaily.com. And now your host, Tom Zappala. Now, Joe, you, you have to admit, Joe, he's got a great speaking voice. you got to admit. He does. Right? So does Dan from Memory Lane. <laughs> that was Dan, you knucklehead. <laughs> I know that. Dan, that was Danny, Danny Welkin. Danny, we asked Dan to do the intro. He's got such a rich voice. There's two guys in this hobby that have very rich voices, him and Mike Prov, Mike Provenzal from, uh, from Heritage. But we asked Dan to do it. Our producers reached out to him because, you know, he did, he did the whole Pawn Stars stuff. He's been on, you know, he's done some movie stuff. He's got a great voice, man. Not that you don't, Joe. Not that you don't. But he's got a rich, rich voice. Agreed? He does. It's perfect for the show. All right. Welcome to the uh, Great American Collectible Show. I am traveling solo here. Tom Zappala. Uh, Rico is off today. And Mallory, I don't know where the hell he is. T- today's his day off. So I asked our good friend Joe Thomasulo from Memory Lane Auctions to join me for the entire hour. We're going to be all over the place today because Joe and I have some real differences about not necessarily the hobby, but some of the great players that make up the hobby. And I'm going to set him in place today once and for all. But before we do that, uh, and remember, you're listening to us on the Great American Collectibles Facebook page, Sports Collectors Daily, Tom Zappala, all the different platforms, YouTube, Pandora, Spotify, uh, all of them, all of them. We're all over the place. Before we talk, Joe, though, we're going to talk about our headlines. Joe, this is interesting. And these, uh, this is our headlines from Sports Collectors Daily, our good friend Rich Miller. These are the new rules that have come out from fanatics to the card dealers that are doing business with them. You ready, Joe? I'm ready. Number one, no business-to-business sales of unopened product without TOPS permission. Number two, Shops can't sell case or box break spots online only for in-store breaks where customers are present. Number three, a counselor is expected to maintain standard business hours and remain open a minimum of seven hours per day, six days a week, or eight hours per day, five days per week unless otherwise approved in writing by TOPS. Shops must submit complete and accurate reports regarding total sales of TOPS product, Sales by channel, in-store, online, at conventions, customer type, retail consumer, dealer convention, and social media metrics for all platforms, including, but not limited to, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, whatnot, etc. Each quarter or whatever time period specified by TOPS. Lastly... Tops products must be neatly organized and displayed to customers and sold in a tops only section unless otherwise approved by tops. You can read all of the rules. Go to sportscollectorsdaily.com. This is just some of them. Joe, man, they're killing me here. They are killing me. 
Did they include on that list what paper towels you can buy? I, it's like, it's, I mean, are you, Joe, I, what the hell is going on here? And where do they, Tom, with all due respect, where do they get off telling a business how they can conduct their business? If, well, they can't. But if you want to do business with them, they're going to tell you what to do. It's ridiculous, Joe. It's, it's, it's becoming... It's becoming too—I don't even know what the word is—too corporate, too cumbersome. It's—it's it's becoming a period with a couple of giants at the top, and you know something, Joe? We're vintage guys, man. We're vintage guys. I don't—you know—all these box breaks and openings—they're all nice. You want to open up a Tatis or Otani? It's all nice, but give me a Nap Lajoie, give me a Babe Ruth, give me a. a, a Rogers haunts me any day of the week. You know, Tom, that old saying, you know, the new kid on the block, flexing their muscle, total power play. That's a power play. It really is. List of rules. It really yeah. is. But anyway. So. All right. So listen, Joe T is in the house. Uh, Joe, before we get into some specifics about some of the great cards that are out there, some of the most underrated cards I want to talk about, because I know there are some that we, you and I both are in agreement on. You have a blockbuster, blockbuster auction coming up. Monster. Tell us about Monster it, Monster auction. And, you know, Tom, I mean, in the last several years, we had the Newman collection, which was amazing. Was that, El- that, was, Man- that was a couple of years ago now, right? July 21. Yeah, okay. Right. We had the Manny Gordon collection, yep. God rest his soul, yep. last year. Um, the Gowdies, you know, the high-grade uh, 33, 34 Gowdies. But putting aside private collections, yep. I've been at Memory Lane eight years now. This is the most diverse, powerful auction I've ever seen. Really? Our company have. Okay? And we kick so... We have so much great Babe Ruth stuff, Tom. JP and I kind of put our heads together and decided let's do a Babe Ruth highlight section to start the auction off. Now, we've had several Babe Ruth sections, you know, isolated in yeah. other auctions, but not with lot number one. We're jumping right out of the starting gate with our Babe Ruth cards. And we're starting it off with a 17 second year route standard biscuit SGC six. And the only two other known examples are in two holes. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Joe, what are some of the other Ruth cards? Can you tell us some of the other cards in that lot? Oh, in the highlight section? Yeah, sure. So here's an intriguing one, Tom. You'll love this. A very devoted tour of Japan, Ruth Collector. He goes to Japan typically at least once a year, looks for, you know, old antique type tour of Japan artifacts. He found a 1921 Ashina sporting good postcard, newly discovered, unique, fresh to the hobby. And it's in a PSA holder now. And it's going to be lot number two. Wow. Wow. Now, what makes it special, Tom, and I wish I had it in front of me to show the audience, it has the 16 Charles Conlon 
Boston Red Sox Babe Ruth batting pose on it. This the same photographic image. How? Where did he find this thing? In Japan. I mean, like in a in a little from, shop from a family. Oh, he did. Okay, you know, bought it from a family in Japan and decided to give it to memory lane. You know, it's funny, Joey. My 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 brother lives in Sicily. I think, as you know, he's he lives in Sicily. He's yes. home, he's home two two weeks a year. I have him scouring, scouring <laughs> Sicily, like once a week, going into these little hole-in-the-wall antique shops, because I said, Al, there's got to be some, some, some rich American baseball memorabilia or cards from World War II when the Allies were in Sicily, and I know guys like DiMaggio, a lot of those guys were in Sicily for extended periods of time. You know, I, so he's, he's once a week, once every couple of weeks, he's in these little shops trying to find some little something from American baseball uh, from the war. Just takes one, Tom. It's like dating. You, just, you never know. It, right. You know, one antique shop and... You hit a grand slam, right? Joe, yeah. What are some of the other things, Joe, in the uh, in this auction? Because it's, you know, uh, you and I have spoken, and there's some amazing, amazing things. I mean, I could go through all of the root stuff. You know, Harness Wagner may even be hotter than Babe Ruth right now. And what card, Tom, is the hottest Wagner card? Anyone depicting the hollowed Carl Hornet T206. Portrait pose. Those cards are getting moon money. And we got a much scarcer than the pastel 1911 M116 blue background portrait in a PSA 3 holder. And I don't even know what it's going to go That's for. That's a anymore. great card. That is a. Can't, we can't even project these portrait wagons anymore. That's a fabulous card. Fabulous but card. The, the number one non-root lot card is, get a load of this, a Piedmont plank. Now, Tom, do you know the history? Uh, uh, well, I, 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 I saw that card, and I know the history of the plank T206. There's only five known Piedmonts. Okay, but is it that one Piedmont, Piedmont that is that is off color or whatever? It's like missing ink. Missing it's ink. White. It's a colorless background. Is that the only card, or are there five of them like that? There were five Piedmonts, and there were two ink variations of those five. This one missing color, and there's another one with like a yellowish hued background, you know, kind of half white, yeah. half yellow. Um, and then there's three others with the typical blue background. Wow. Those were cut off a sheet, obviously manually cut off a scrap of sheet that never made it into packs. You know, Joe, getting back to the Wagner for a second, uh, yesterday, <clears throat> somebody sent me, there is another, uh, actually I recommended you guys. Uh, there is a private collector that is interested in selling an E90-2 PSA 5. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. Well, what did we just get for the 5? 117000 I know. I know. This is a, yeah, this right. is, yeah. So, so Tom, <clears throat> since we're on, real quick, since yeah. we're on the topic of 
T206 anomalies. Sure. How about this one? It's uh, Don Mulaney, T206, nothing special. The reverse has seven factory overstrikes. On the back? On the back. Seven overstrikes. And one of those overstrikes, Tom, is a ghost Cy Young portrait. No way. Are you kidding? Which sticks out like a sore thumb. There's some... A El Principe de Gales. Mulaney's a down. he's a Southern Leaguer too, right? Isn't he? I think he is. Who is a Mulaney? Isn't Dom? Isn't he a Southern Leaguer? I you think I think he is. I think, yeah. yeah, I think you're right. He is. He's yes. a Southern Leaguer. That's a good card. Um, but there's like three or four T206 add back overstrikes, couple of uh, yellow and white. Um, anomaly overstrikes. It's amazing. And what we do, without mentioning a name, a T206 enthusiast took that card years ago and broke down all seven overstrikes. <laughs> Did he really? So we have an image of the separate seven overstrikes. Unbelievable. Joe, is the, is the, is the Sherry McGee error card holding its own? Oh, my God, yes. And now that you mentioned McGee, uh, Maggie, actually. No, it's McGee. Don't go down that road. It's right. McGee. But the misspelling, I call it Maggie. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's fine. So we, did you see the prices recently? No, that's what the, I've been. I, you oh, know. No, of the O'Hara. Yes. Yes. And crazy. Demet St. Louis. Crazy. Crazy. An auction just got almost thirty thousand. I don't. Auction. I don't own a McGee Ericard, and I'm kind of like on the hunt for one. You know, as you know, I've 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 pretty much uh, evaporated my most of my T206 collection. I'm I'm just bringing back some of the, the heavyweights, and I, I'm I'm kind of like in the market for. I don't. You know, I'm not going to get a PSA five or six, but I would. You know, if I could find myself a nice PSA two, uh, even a one, yeah. I, I would I would grab it. A decent-looking one, Tom. You're still looking at five figures plus. Really? A nice two is going to go 20 to 30K. All right, so uh, when does the auction start, John? And as, it, as, as we go on through the show, I want you to you know, make a mental note of some of the other items in the auction. But when does this auction start? August 19th is the tentative start date. So at the National... You're going to have a lot of items on display that people can see. Correct. Oh, we're going to have all the guns. Awesome. It'll end September 9th, the week after Labor Day. Uh, that, again, that's the those are the tentative start-end dates. And since the catalogs won't be ready for the national, Tom, we're going to do like a special six- to eight-page flyer. Smart move. Little booklet. With a lot of the high-end stuff. And by the way, for our viewers and listeners, uh, we are going to be doing a special two-hour show at the National on Friday from 1 to 3. And then the show is going to air online uh, over the next two weeks after the National. And what we've decided to do is we're going to have – we're putting two panel panels together of special guests. And the first hour – uh, Mr. Thomas Sulo, 
uh, will be one of the, we're going to have four panel guests, and then we're going to have an open mic because we're going to bring in some other 10-minute guests, people we can chat with. But the first hour will be myself, Joe, uh, the gentleman from Heritage Auctions, who hopefully will be out of the insane asylum, uh, Derek Grady, and our good friend Brian Drent from Mile High Card Company. That'll be the panel in the first hour that will air the first week after the show. The second hour, it'll be myself, Joe Orlando from Heritage Auctions, uh, Brian Dwyer from REA Auctions, and Mike Hefner from Leland's. And we, we, there'll be a lot of giveaways. If you're at the National, we hope that you sit in those seats. We're going to have all kinds of giveaways, questions and answers. By the way, Steve Lane, New Orleans Steve Lane is going to be joining us. He's bringing free copies of his book. We're going to have some free copies of our Diamondbacks collection book, as well as a lot of T-shirts, cards, all that good stuff. Thomas Sewell, do me a favor. Spring and bring something to give away, will you please? Anything. Maybe a Wagner, a Root. That'd be nice. That would be nice. <laughs> All right. So as we, as we get a little more into this, Joe, we'll talk about uh, the, um, uh, the auction uh, a, little, a little later on down the road. You know, I've got to ask you a question. Are there too many Babe Ruth balls out there? No, because regardless of the count, Tom, a Babe Ruth signed baseball is one of the ultimate collectibles. And I just think as many as are, that are out there, demand will always exceed supply. You know, did you ever hear Bay, uh, Babe Ruth's best friend was Wade Hoyt? I did. Well, I, I knew they were friends. friends. I didn't know it was his best friend. They're very, very close friends. And Wade <sighs> Hoyt publicly said, I must have seen my good friend Babe sign over 10,000 baseballs. Really? Yes. So they're again, they're out there, but for everyone that's out there, Tom, it seems like there's two people that want them. Joe, you've owned a couple over your lifetime, some couple of really cool ones. And do you still I mean you have a do you still have that Gaudi? Yellow. The yellow? The yellow sign Gaudi. Yes, I do. Now I think that if you were a good friend, you'd give that to me as a Christmas gift sometime. Uh, Joe Tomasulo has probably the nicest yellow Gaudi signed. What is that? What by Babe Ruth? What is what's the uh, what's the uh, the the uh, PSA rating on the uh, three and a half? And what about it's an eight signature Tom that presents as a nine? Definitely presents as a mint signature. That is an absolutely gorgeous card. And the sports kit and is its bookend. Yes, two great. I remember when you bought those. That was there. When you uh, actually, it was funny because I don't think you remember this. I I was over at the PSA booth, and the gentleman that sold them to you was showing them to me. We were looking at them, and about an hour later, I went down to your booth and I says, "Joe, did you see those two Ruth cards?" And you looked at me and smiled and pulled them out. <laughs> pulled them. No, out. I pulled out the yellow. The yellow. You pulled it out. And you showed the it to me. Sports King, I had a win in Mile High. That's right. In the auction. But you, you pulled out the yellow one and you showed it to me. You said, I already own it. I just, it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right, listen, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we come back. Joe's in the house. Joe's is with me co-hosting for the entire, um, entire show. 
Joe and I have a problem. I have a problem with Joe about his all-time all-star team. Not totally, but I question some of his choices. We're going to talk about that when I come back. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Since 1996, Brian Drent and the staff at Denver's Mile High Card Company have led the charge in the collectibles hobby. Mile High is a full-service dealer specializing in buying and selling cards and offers a competitive consignment program for all collectors. Whether it be their computerized want list service, appraisals, or auction services, Mile High has it all. If you've been searching for a company with a selection of high-grade vintage 1888 to 1970 baseball cards and memorabilia that shares your passion, aim high, Mile High. Go to milehighcardco.com or call 303-840-2784 for more information. For more than 30 years, Robert Edward Auctions has been the industry leader when it comes to helping you realize the most money for your baseball cards and sports memorabilia. In addition to their unparalleled reputation for honesty and integrity, they reach the largest number of bidders in the business and offer lower seller's fees, as well as generous cash advances up front on your valuable material. Contact them today at 908-226-9900. That's 908-226-9900 or at robertedwardauction.com. This is Brian Drent, president of Mile High Card Company. Is your sports card and memorabilia collection properly insured? For easily replaced personal property, homeowner's insurance is all most people need. But for prized possessions that you may have spent a lifetime collecting, it doesn't go nearly far enough. Collectibles Insurance Services has been insuring for over 50 years. They offer a full range of protection and a $0 deductible at an affordable rate with no appraisals required. I know because they insure my collection. If you have a minute, go to collectinsure.com and learn more about insuring your personal card or memorabilia collection. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. How would you like to own the bat that was used by your favorite player when he hit that towering home run or game-winning base hit? Now look no further than JT Sports, specializing in the sale and authentication of professional game-used bats. As the official authenticators of professional model game used bats for PSA DNA, JT Sports will guarantee the authenticity of any bat purchased from them. 
JT Sports also buys and sells game-worn uniforms, gloves, and baseball equipment. The unique quality of the collectible is what JT Sports is all about. Give them a call at 609-487-8003 or check them out at GameUseBats.com. Okay, we are back. And Joe T., Joe Tomasulo from Memory Lane is in the house. Joe, let's get right to it right now. You know, you're all, your all-time all-star team. I don't totally disagree with it, but there's a couple in there that uh, a little iffy. Let's start behind the plate and work our way right. around the field, Tom. All right, so you have your, your catcher, your, your starting catcher is Johnny Bench? No one can match him. I, I kind of agree with that one. I kind of agree with that one. Who's your backup? Yogi Berra and, I mean, look, Piazza's probably the most consistent hitting catcher of all time as far as a, being a pure hitter, but he couldn't throw out you or me, Tom, trying well, to steal that, Well, that's base. my point, and I'm talking about and all, that, right, all around. Right. right? And if you want to be the greatest catcher or considered in the top two or three, you can't have a sumo wrestler stealing second base on you, okay? <laughs> so Piaz is out. All right, he is so out of the equation. I'm in agreement with you, Bench Barrett, no doubt. But what about a guy like Fisk? Where does he fall in? There's, he was a great defensive guys, catcher. I mean, I put Yvonne Rodriguez over Fisk. Would you really? Yvonne Rodriguez was amazing. Yeah, but he's and a little he iffy. A good hitter. There's a little iffiness there. And pre-injury. No, 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 Roy no, 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 is no. Right there. Can't be. I agree. But with the with the other guy, uh, there's some there's some gray area there, isn't there? With Rodriguez, you're talking about. Capital P E D. Correct. Okay. So I, I, you can't, was you can't, there ever any resolution on that? No, but all, all you're going to do, Joe, is look at his size after he retired. He went from uh, he went from the Hulk down to Barry Bonds. Remember Jason Giambi? Same thing. Same thing. When he stopped. Yeah. All right. So he's he's not in the equation. All right. Let's talk about first base. Who's your first baseman? Who's yours? Gehrig is my first baseman. Of course. And then I got Fox, too, with Pujols being a very close third. I have Pujols, Fox. Yeah. And here we go again. With Again, there's no proof that the PED thing. You know, that's a good funny point. thing with Pujols. He was putting up insane numbers. And like Giambi... When Giambi stopped, he hit the proverbial invisible wall. His numbers just radically Th- taped. That happened to so many people. What's the other guy's name? Ryan. What the hell was his name? Uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, that happened to, to quite a few players, actually. Yeah. They fall um, off the cliff. Yeah. I mean, Fox, 534 homers, uh, 325 average. Knocked in over 100 runs 13 consecutive years. That's an amazing statistic. Him and Lou Gehrig uh, both did that. Where does, um, uh, where does Greenberg fit in? Top. He's got to be top five. I mean, again, the war hurt him. Take away. You, the war really hurt the lifetime numbers 
for DiMaggio and Greenberg. Crippled those guys. And Williams. And Williams. And yeah, but you know what? Williams played so long, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. He knocked in almost 1,900 runs, and he still hit 500. Well, that's a good point. 21 homers. That's a good but, point. But those guys, what would their lifetime numbers have been if they didn't lose three years? Very good point. All right, your second baseman, I kind of agree with. Who's your, who's your starting second baseman? Got to go, Hornsby. Absolutely. 358 lifetime average. Averaged 401 over five years and 399 over six years. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. Yeah, that's you know what? It's almost like you're playing a video game with numbers like that. Absolutely. Now your second and third, I think, are interchangeable. You have Eddie Collins as number two and Nap Lashway as number three. I think that could go either way. Flip a coin. Right? Hundred percent. Yep. Totally. I think Collins was a better defensive second baseman and he was a better base runner. But Lajaway was the premier hitter of the two. Now, at shortstop, you and I definitely disagreed. We, we agree on the all-time greatest, but... Uh, Which you, is Wagner. Wagner. Now, you had A-Rod as number two, and I said, you got to eliminate that clown, as far as I'm concerned, because I put him in the same category as the rest of them uh, with the uh, PEDs. End yep. of conversation. Okay. Great player. Great player before he started in my opinion, in my opinion, started juicing. So uh, what about Ozzie Smith? Well, the greatest defensive shortstop ever, but... I mean, was he a 260, 270 hitter? Yeah, I mean, and then you got Cal Ripken out there. It's a name we didn't talk about that I was thinking about. Uh, But let's go back to Ava. Go ahead. So if you, let's... Let's look at Rodriguez and Bonds. So we don't know the exact time that either one of them started juicing, allegedly. Well, th- hold on. Juicing. Throw Clemens into this conversation, too. Well, let's, I'm just stick. Okay. It's and the same Clemens. thing. It's the same thing. But we know when Clemens started juicing. Right. The offseason between Red Sox and Blue Jays. Correct. When the Red Sox traded. When, when Dan Duquette got rid of him because he was sub-500. I think he had two sub-500 seasons. Yeah, I mean, he was still a formidable pitcher, yeah. but he wasn't what he was. So he did something about it. Yeah, one five, and, I mean, how many sides did he win after? Four? You know, he obviously he thinks Andy Pettit misremembered. <laughs> I'll never forget. That. I I watched oh. that. I watched those hearings. Tom, so did I. That was gold. That was absolute you know gold. I had to watch a Dangerfield clip after that <laughs> because I was in that comic mood. We were in Florida. It was pouring. It was great TV that day. That was great. So Tom, A Rod and Bonds. If you look at pre-steroids, again, allegedly. Hall, Hall of Fame benefit numbers. Benefit of the doubt. Hall of Fame Allegedly, numbers. A-Rod was the better player than Bonds pre-steroids. I agree with you. Yeah. So pre-steroids, Alex Rodriguez is the most athletic, could arguably, is the most athletic shortstop in baseball history. I, I, you know, I pre, pre-ped. I totally 100% agree with you. But you're right, Tom. You're right. I mean, 
you got that steroids issue out there and it clouds the judgment. Yes. All right, let's go to uh let's go to third base. Third base, um I think we're in we're in pretty much in agreement there. Uh you have Mike Schmidt. I think that's hands down. Hands down. And then you have George Brett as your number two. And I think I agree with that. Yeah, there are some Chipper Jones people out there, great switch hitter. Him, Mantle, and Rose, three greatest switch hitters ever. What about Wade Boggs? Defensively, he's not cutting the mustard. People forget because everyone's awed by Mike Schmidt's, you know, what he hit, 548 yeah. homers, whatever the number is. Um, but Schmidt won over 10 gold gloves. I, I think know. it was 11 or 12. I know he did. So, you know, his defense is overshadowed. Boggs was okay. But if you're talking about the greatest, okay doesn't cut. So what does a guy like Pi Trainer fall in? Top 10, top 8? Yeah, I'm going to put Schmidt, Brett, Chipper Jones, Brooks Robinson. Oh, Brooks, yeah. I forgot about Brooks. And Eddie Matthews, all over trainer. Wow, interesting. I, I, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. All right, let's go to right field. Right field, right field obviously, your right fielder is a no-brainer. You're starting right fielder, <clears throat> Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth's the greatest baseball player ever. So who, is your, who do you have two and three? I, and if you remember, Tom, I originally was thinking Clement. Right. But I'm going to flip-flop now. I had Frank Robinson three. I'm going to put Robinson as two because of the power aspect. I'm big on power OPS. You know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Frank Robinson hit almost 600 home runs. His OPS is far better than Clemente. And... Uh, Clemente was the better average hitter. Um, it's a funny thing. My idol, Tom Seaview, used to say this about Clemente. Clemente would give you the block on the knees outside corner. If you could hit that spot, he would drop his bat and walk back to the dugout. Really? He gave the pitcher that because where he stood in the box, he couldn't hit that ball that pitch with any authority. If you miss that spot by a half an inch to an inch, forget it. He'd crucify. Forget he'd crucify. It. Yeah. All right. I, I, and I don't disagree with any of those. Now, center field, I think I disagree with you on center field. <clears throat> center field is tough, Tom. It's very tough. I, I agree. I think we're in agreement on your starting center field, and that would be Willie Mays. Okay. Agreed? Greatest 5 2 player ever. I agree. Right? I do not have Ty Cobb as number two. I have Ken Griffey Jr. as number two and Cobb number three. Only reason being, if you compare the two players, overall stats, batting average, OPS, uh, uh, home runs, hits, defensive prowess, I, I think Griffey gets it, man. Defensively? And this includes Mays... DiMaggio, Speakers, and don't forget Speaker. Speaker was amazing. Yeah, great player. In his prime, you couldn't be a better defensive center fielder than Griffey. Tom, I'm still scratching my head 
watching that guy in one motion, not even stopping at the wall, in flight, jumping and putting his cleat into the Yankee Stadium fence halfway up and launching himself about three, four feet higher than the wall to take a home run away. I, I forget who hit the ball, but yeah, great play. that to me is the greatest play I've ever seen. In and, you know, uh, and, and the guy hit over 600 home runs. He, he, I don't think he ever was involved in any steroid controversies. He never blew up like a balloon. Right. Which is why his numbers tapered off. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he, he went down like normal, you know. So I have him. I have him number two. I have Cobb number three. Now, I, I mean, that's another coin flipper, Tom. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and argue with you on that. The only thing I'll say with Cobb, a reporter in the early 20s once asked Ty a question about Babe Ruth. You know, he was revolutionizing baseball sure. with his, you know, unprecedented number of home runs he was hitting. And Cobb just came right back at him and said, I can hit home runs whenever I want. Yeah, I remember. Her. It's I, not I, my game. And he said, watch me today. He went out, he hit two or three home runs. Yeah, I, I've read that. I've read that before. And listen, again, I'm a Griffey guy. Left field, I mean, I, I don't think there's any argument that Ted Williams is your starting left fielder. Because he's the greatest hitter of all time. I mean, really is. Now, you, is. you have... Hank Aaron second, which I don't disagree with. I don't disagree with that one either. Yeah. I mean, again, if Barry Bonds was clean yeah. 100%, you know, without any questions, you probably, I mean, now what do you do? Now you got Bonds, Williams, and Aaron, but. Got to push Bonds to the side. By the way, for our viewers and listeners, uh, make some comments. You know, give us your thoughts on who you think. If you disagree with Joe, disagree with myself, love to hear. And I'll get back to you uh, because everybody has opinions on this topic. A lot of topics, a lot of opinions. All right, your right-handed pitchers. Uh, it's top four. You have... The big train. Top four. Yeah. And I'll give you the Walter Johnson is the greatest pitcher of all time. Why? That's on virtually every list. 416 wins, modern era. Cy Young spent half his career in the 19th century. Correct. So we have to take that into account. I, and I agree with you. His, you know, half of his career. Hold on. Sticking with Johnson for a minute, I have seen much footage of Walter Johnson pitching in slow-mo. And I i mean, he was not a 98-mile-per-hour pitcher. He was probably low to mid-90s, maybe 95 top out at. But you know what it was with his, Joe? Have you ever seen his delivery? He came across his body. Slingshot. It was a slingshot, slingshot and when he released the ball, you couldn't pick up, you, you couldn't pick the ball up. Yeah, there's other – I mean, Johnson was extremely tall for his era, and he had these 
like incredibly slinky size arms. So when he released the ball with that slingshot motion, it looked like it was on top of you. Yeah. And Tom, in baseball, that's called visual velocity. So to give you an example, Mariano's cutter ranged in the 91 to 95 area, maybe 96 in his prime, but it looked 106 to a left-handed hitter because of the late movement and the ball being on top of the batter. Visual velocity is much more important than sheer velocity, which is just the number on the gun, because it's what the hitter sees is it, and is, no hitter. Isn't that what uh, is attributed to Greg Maddox also pitching? 100%. Maddox yeah. sat 88 to 90, touched 91-92 in his heyday, but the pitches look mid-up in 90s because of their late movement. All right, we got about three minutes left in this segment. You get Christy Mathewson as number two. I agree with you. You can flip Mathewson and Glover Alexander. That's another coin toss. They're both phenomenal. I'm a Christy guy. I'm going to go with Christy. And I'm going to go with Siva four over Maddox. And I'm going to tell you why. And I'm going to tell you why you're crazy. But go ahead. You I'm going to tell you why I'm not. Go ahead. So let's look at the emphasis on relief pitches. Okay. There's Mariano, Gossett, Suda, Lee Smith, Trevor Hoffman, all these great closes, and now they're making the Hall of Fame. Well, Tom Seaver not only got the win, he got the save. Seaver completed 231 games. Couple of seasons, 18 to 20 complete games, one season, 21 complete games. And I know it's not Maddox's fault. It's the sign of the times, but it is what it is. You cannot compare, maybe other than Kershaw, because of his incredible sabermetric numbers, these pitches today to pitches that completed what they started. Oh, you know what's one of the toughest, Tom, the last six outs in baseball. Toughest six outs. All right. And a lot of those. I'm not going to argue with you on that point, but I'll tell you what, just pitching for pitching, my number four is not Tom Seaver. It's not Greg Maddox. It's Pedro Martinez. Pedro Martinez. Right. And his peak value was incredible. One of the top three or four peak value pitches, lefties, righties, in baseball history. But over a career, he can't even. He can't even come close to Seaver. Just look at the numbers. Okay. They you, just fall short. Your left but, hand – okay. No, I, I'm not going to argue that point. It was just my opinion. Left-handed pitchers, uh, I think I agree with you. Uh, you've got Kershaw number one, which looking at the numbers, I was skeptical, but you're, 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 you're dead on. You're dead on. His sabermetric numbers are insane. I mean, nine-plus strikeouts or nine to ten – for nine innings, five plus strikeouts to every one walk, a lifetime 2.49, 2.5 ERA, ERA plus. He, if he survives another five years and comes close to 300 wins, he could knock Walter Johnson off as the greatest pitcher of all time. All right, we got about 30 seconds. Your other lefties, you got Lefty Grove. You got Randy Johnson, 
And then for your closes, and I agree with both Grove and Johnson. And for Nine ERA times. I know. No, I totally agree. And for your two closes, I think we're in agreement here. Mariano Rivera and Dennis yeah. Eckersley, man. Dennis Eckersley, Eckersley. was lights yes. out. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We come back, Joe. We're going to get into the Hall of Fame. Because there are some very, very, very overrated players in the Hall of Fame. And on the other hand, there are some guys that should be in the Hall of Fame. Joe T is in the house. Hang in. We'll be right back. Pristine Auction is a family-owned and operated online auction specializing in autographed memorabilia, sports cards, coins, art, and collectibles. Since their founding in 2010, they've grown to two facilities in Phoenix, Arizona, totaling over 60,000 square feet. Jared Cavalli and an incredible staff of over 150 team members serve a very large customer base and enjoy every minute of it. By working with leading authentication companies, Pristine ensures all items are 100% authentic. In addition, third-party authenticators regularly travel to Pristine Auction to provide authentication services on-site. Pristine Auction strives to operate its business in a way that's honoring to God, their families, and their customers. With a strong focus on speed, quality, and premier customer service, their mission is to be the leading online auction for every level of collector and fan. Pristine also works for Hope Sports and Identity Hoops International, traveling to Mexico to build houses for the less fortunate. Pristine Auction offers several online auction formats with thousands of auctions ending each day. For more information, go to pristineauction.com. That's Pristine Auction, the best in the business. If you're a discerning collector interested in owning the most important pieces in the hobby, look no further than Leland's Auctions. The original sports auction and appraisal house, Leland's was established in 1985 by legendary pioneer founder Joshua Leland Evans. And today, President Mike Hefner carries on their tradition. From the Tom Brady card and memorabilia collection, to the famed Boston Garden auction, to high-end card auctions from every major sport. Leland's has always maintained the highest standards. Go to Leland's.com and get your bid in. That's Leland's, the hobby's leading sports auction house for four decades. It's often been said that championships are won on the practice field, and world records come only to those willing to work harder than everybody else. Heritage Auctions is the world's largest collectibles auctioneer, because we believe that becoming the best is only an invitation to the challenge of remaining the best. This requires the skills of the hobby's top experts, capable of identifying and maximizing value for our consigners. It requires the most visited website in the industry, courting a global audience of collectors over a million and a half strong. It requires a dedicated press department that expands our global reach far beyond the entrenched hobby marketplace. It's hard work, but a simple premise. Present the finest collectibles to the largest population of potential buyers, and world records will come. We invite all listeners to put the unmatched power of Heritage Auctions to work for you. Auction evaluations are always free, and our commission-based fee structure ensures that our interests are always aligned. The highest possible price for your collectibles. There will always be new world records to chase, so let's chase them together. Visit our website at ha.com and request your no-obligation review today.
Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. Hey, I'm Mike Petroselli. If your company is looking for the best in marketing and promotional items, you'll hit a home run with Petroselli Marketing. With over 8,000 suppliers and 650,000 imprint-ready items, we can get your company the visibility it needs to get your maximum exposure. Whether it be office promotions, wearables, automotive, sports items, and everything in between, Petroselli Marketing can do it all. Our design staff will even work with you from concept to delivery and customize your products. At Petroselli Marketing Group, we will get your brand in front of your audience. Contact us at info at PetroselliMKT.com or call us at 603-880-3202. That's Petroselli Marketing, where no dream is impossible. So how does your company or organization do their promotions? Imprinted products keep your brand in front of your customers more than any other form of advertising. For best on-time service and new ideas for your next project, give Petroselli Marketing a call at 1-800-264-4294, or you can email them at mp at petrocellimkt.com. Obviously, that's Rico's business. You know, Joe, you guys could spring for some pens or something from Petroselli Marketing. Don't be so cheap. Some good good quality memory lane pens from Petroselli Marketing. I'll talk to the boss. Thank you. What can I tell you? All right. All right. Now, listen. Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. There are some people, in my opinion... That have no business in the Hall of Fame, or they're very overrated. Can we go through a list, and I want your opinion as to whether or not you agree, and then let's talk about some of the guys that should be in the Hall of Fame. We've got about 10 minutes. Is that okay to you, for you? Sure. All right. Phil Rizzuto, what are your thoughts? Him and Reese were the premier shortstops of their time. You know, that's another factor with the Hall of Fame who's the best of the best during their playing days. So, you know, Rizzuto won an MVP award. Yeah, it was one year. He batted 324. Yeah, and actually, and Tom, that MVP was kind of tainted because Ted Williams easily should have won that year. 
but the reporters hate it. Okay. So I don't think I think he's a real bubble guy. He was a great player, not a super great player. Not sure he belongs in the Hall of Fame. Number two, I'm going from 15 down. Andre Dawson. What the hell is he doing in the Hall of Fame, Joe? Borderline, without a doubt. Right? Some great years, but I'm with you on Dawson. I mean, he had 400 home runs. Yeah, no problem. But there's a lot of Andre Dawson's out there. Number 13, you may disagree with me. I've looked at his numbers. They're not overly impressive. Catfish Hunter. Okay. I believe Hunter belongs in the Hall of Fame. And it's not because of Lou Gehrig's disease, the ALS sentiment thing. He, him, Palmer, and Seaver were the three best pitchers in baseball. In the seventies. But you okay. realize he never pitched 150 innings in a season. Ever. Who? Hunter. Never topped 150 innings. Tom, what are you talking about? Hunter threw over 300 innings when he was with the Yankees. I'm, in one season. Oh, Hunter okay, okay. I'm sorry. Horse. I'm sorry. After, after, I'm sorry. You're right. It's after his 30th birthday. You're right. You're right. My, my right. mistake. Right. He won 20 or more games five consecutive years. So his peak value was super good. I'm a big peak value guy. So. All right. So you say he belongs. That goes here. All right. This guy here, I looked at the numbers. Uh, a lot of people may or may not know much about him. Jess Haynes. Um, you know, he, he won 200 games. But, I mean, again, I think he was a pretty good. I'm with you on Haynes, Tom. Right. I- I think he's a push. Another one, Jim Bottomley, Veterans Committee. Um, Great hitter. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he was a good hitter. Uh, definitely borderline, though, Joe. What was his lifetime average? I, I don't have it here. I don't have it here. Um, yeah, I'm not a Bottomley guy. I don't know his numbers, but I know he knocked and he batted in a lot of runs. And he was definitely a 300 plus lifetime. He was, but they said that he was definitely an incompetent fielder. Like a Ryan Howard. Okay. Like a Ryan so Howard. So we'll put him on top of the fence. All right, what about Bruce Suda? If you're going to put closes in, you got to put in Suda. And you, Tom, if you remember, I had Suda number two until you refresh my memory with Eckersley on all-time closes. And you're right. Eckersley is number two. But peak value and... He was probably, over several years, the most – him and Gossage, the two most dominant closers in baseball history. All right, I'll buy that one. Here's one I think we both agree on. Bill Mazeroski. He didn't hit that home run with Yogi Berra leaning against the Ivy or whatever uh, at Forbes Field. He would never be in the Hall of Fame. So, Tom. How is Mazeroski a Hall of Fame and Mattingly and Keith Hernandez? Not? Totally agree with you. Totally. That is an absolute joke. Totally 100% agree with you. Um, another guy that I always liked him, but look at his numbers. They're very vanilla, very pedestrian. Lloyd Wayner. Lloyd Wayner's numbers are, I don't know what his, uh, his uh, uh, he only I paid- think he hit between. Like 310 and 320 lifetime? Uh, I don't think it's that high, but uh, only paid 
he didn't stay healthy for 150 games in any season that he played. He only played 13 seasons. Could have been the popularity of Big Poison, Little Poison. Yeah, could be. That, of course, Paul Wayne is definitely a Hall of Fame. All right, Freddie Lindstrom I don't know a lot about, so we're going to bypass him. Here's one that you may disagree with me on, but I'm looking at his numbers. Not overly impressive, Joe Tinker. I have to agree with you, but now we're getting into mystique. So, Tom, like, like the 52 tops mantle and the T206 Wagner, God, there were so many rarer cards than those issues. But the Tinker to Evis to Chance, that iconic. Kind of it's iconic. All right, Tommy McCarthy, we're not going to talk about him. It was, uh, he was a. a uh, 1800s. Number two, Ray Shock. What do you think of Ray Shock? I mean, 250. I think he's a big push. 253 lifetime batting average, Joe. Tom, again, no Mattingly Hernandez and Ray Shock. You know who they have as number one, Joe? Who? Charles Comiskey. His whole legacy is the reason. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think it really has to do with him, the way he treated his players, the way he, yeah, I think that has to do with it. I, I kind of agree with you. All right, listen, Tom, we, do you know why they were called the Black Sox? I do not. You, you just refreshed my memory with that comment about him being cheap. The name just worked well yeah. after the 1919 scandal. But they were called the Black Sox before that. Comiskey waited weeks to send their uniforms to the cleaners. That penny, pinching, cheap <laughs> SOB. I didn't know that. And they, oh, they played in filthy uniforms, and they just started calling them the Black Sox. All right, listen, before we leave, we're going to talk. We have a couple of minutes left. I want to talk to you about our friend Tom Ruggi and the staff at Destiny Wealth Management. If you're a card or memorabilia collector, you have ever thought about how to manage your collection long term? Well, I certainly have. I look at my personal collection, and through the advice and expertise of Tom Ruggi, I've learned that you need a professional to help categorize, evaluate, and eventually put a liquidation plan together with dealers or auctioneers if you or your family decides to sell your collection. Most importantly, you need to be aware of the tax ramifications when you liquidate it. I'm going to Tom Reggie and the Wealth Management Group. And don't forget, Reggie Wealth Management will also handle all of your investment needs. That's Reggie Wealth Management. Just go online, the company, the go-to company to manage all of your collectible decisions. And by the way, next week, Tom is going to be a guest on our show. All right, real quickly, real quickly. Underrated, who should be in the Hall of Fame? You said Mattingly. Uh, who else? And Keith Hernandez. Okay, what about Louis Tion? Yes, I'm a Tion guy. Right? 1.6 ADRA one year. Phenomenal no, pitcher. I'm a Tion guy. I mean, you of compare. Of course, you're a Red Sox guy. Well, so you know you something? Play. Another guy that I said shouldn't be in there is Ted Lyons. I didn't mention his name, but Tion's numbers are definitely better than Ted Lyons. 100%. And Tom, before you run, what's your thoughts on Kurt Schilling? I think Kurt Schilling is a Hall of Famer. I think his numbers are very similar to Tion's. I'm borderline on Schilling, and I'm borderline on Tion. But based on some of the individuals that are in there, they deserve it. Joe, when does your auction start and end again? 
August 19th is the tentative date. Tentative close date, September 9th. Make sure you stop by. If you're at the National, you stop by to say hi to Joe. Everything's going to be on display. The major hit items that are going to be in the auction. Joe, I look forward to seeing you at the National on stage because you and I are going to double team Derek Grady. Maybe we can we can throw Brian Drent in the mix and triple team. Absolutely. All right, Joe, we love you. Say hi to the guys. Memory Lane Auctions, Joe, I can't thank you enough. We love having you on the show. Tom, happy Tuesday. Take care. Okay. With that being said to our viewers and listeners, we're here. We're booming. We're on new platforms. We love you guys. Happy collecting. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.